All right, here we go. It's a brand new episode, episode 85 of the Aji's podcast. Jason Martinez and H. Mays. We say H. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see uh, there was someone on Twitter? I should actually have his name up here. But he uh, he evidently stumbled across somebody talking about our podcast last week with Johnny Marks and made mention that he didn't even know that you and I were doing a podcast. Yet he follows yeah. both of us on Twitter. I don't know how that's possible. How have you not? I mean, these videos they sit up there. I rebroadcast them, right? <laughs> you got your head buried in your ass, or what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know yours is in a hockey bag, but I mean, this guy here's his name: um, Phil Phila eighty one P H I L A eighty one one eight one one. Actually, um, he says generally had no idea that Harry Mays and Jason Mert had a damn podcast. Yeah. You're missing out, dude. You got 84 episodes to go back on now, including exactly. the first episode we ever did with JDB with John DeBella. Yeah, exactly. He loves it. You ask how I am, I'm miserable because it's uh, we got about an extra three or four inches of snow outside, and um, I'm gonna have to go shovel and clean off the cars. I hate doing that, and uh, that means that for the next what three or four days, it's gonna be below Swap. freezing, yeah. so this won't melt. Yeah. It's gonna. It's not gonna melt until middle of next week when we get back up into the 40s and I think low 50s. Believe it or not, is coming. But uh, right now, th this stinks, and I'm actually gonna miss parts and maybe all of the NFL action tomorrow because what? there's a party that I have to attend. My wife's work party starts at like six o'clock, I think, downtown. So the first game starts at 4:30. So I'm gonna have to leave you know, in the first quarter of that game, yeah. and then it'll extend way beyond eight o'clock. So I'm going to miss this, at least the first half probably of the Niners game. So won't, won't there be a TV on where you're at though? Harry? No, I don't know. I don't know that they're going to have TVs on in this place because then what will happen is all the guys like me will be standing in front of the TV, hopefully near the bar, just drinking and not paying attention to anybody else. Yeah. And I don't and think they want that. And because of what you've done for a living, You'll be like, what do you think? Well, yeah. For institutional inside knowledge. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys go watch the game. I'll right. watch it when I get home alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like to watch games alone. I, I do too. Yeah. yeah. I don't like to be bothered. You yeah. Know? It's, but it's even hockey games? I mean, you're down at the game, so... Yeah, that's different because I'm yeah. there. But no, when I'm at home, I'm in the studio by myself watching. Yeah. Yeah. My old lady loves three to four inches, Harry. Huh? Uh, Why do you think she married me? It's what she's used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now you sent me this this goal from the Flyers game last night, and a lot of people are talking about it. Like uh, it, it was, it was number one on Sports Center, Harry. Really? On the top ten? Yes. Wow. They actually yeah. talked about hockey. I don't think they talked about it. They just showed it. Oh, okay. Which is sort of like a B which roll. Is progress. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it was a spectacular course this is the one where he does like the 360 yeah it's it, oh and the, let me bring up the one where jim jackson made the call because i thought jj had a great call on it because he picked oh yeah it up right from coming from zone exit harry oh okay it was so let me grab this yeah um, let's put it up for the people um geez where is it at i see all the one you sent this okay, to me i bet you've sent this to a hundred people today that that's the um 
that that's the one from the Flyers thing with without the play by play call. Oh, so okay. I want to get the okay. one with the play by play call to give JJ a little love. I sent him a note today just saying, you know, that was a, a great you know call of that goal because he picks it up on the way out of the zone. Let me get it here from Spit. Look at you, Mister Company Man. Yeah, well, you know how you you got to do these things sometimes. Um, all right, so let me let me play this for you because as all this right. happened last night, like it was unbelievable. It's just an unbelievable execute and he's one of those guys that i don't think he knows how good he is number one yeah tip it and when he's confident he's got the balls to try things that he probably normally wouldn't try because he's just playing on instinct and not thinking so here right. it is right here finally this is the target picking it up is oh and tip it turbocharged time tip it spins back at her he scores <laughs> just one up themselves from the other night. So yeah, unbelievable, I mean, right? That was a spectacular play. And you're right. A good call from JJ. Turbocharged. Yeah, turbocharged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've yeah. said this before. I would love to know what it feels like to put on a pair of CCM skates and skate like he does. Because <laughs> he just flies. Uh -huh. <laughs> what that must feel like. But unbelievable goal. Uh, by Tippett last night, and just insane um, the reaction of the crowd there too. It was awesome. Yeah, and they they whipped that team. Dallas is good. Yeah, they beat the brakes off them <laughs> last night. Harry, it, they were out shooting them twenty three to one with fourteen minutes to go in the second. Wow. See, and when you told me that, I'm thinking, you know, this might be a the second of a back to back or three goal three games in four nights. Last game of a road trip. One of those typical scenarios where the team the other team the better team doesn't schedule show loss. up yeah, yeah it just doesn't show up yeah schedule loss but it's not the case they haven't played since what tuesday night at home and yeah. they don't play tonight and then they, so it was the first game of a road trip yeah i believe right it was first wow. game and they're going to they play jersey tomorrow okay so yeah Harry, the great, not, not Harry, Don, the great Harry Donahue checking in <laughs> and says that goal was equivalent of a Harry Mays hole in one and all timer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I only have one of those. So we hope uh, Mr. Tippett gets more spectacular goals. Uh, I used to love listening to Harry Donahue on my way into WI pay when I, when I was going to Bala or even the Fanatic every day and get the traffic and transit on the two. The KYW? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, he's, he's, I was with Harry last night. Is that right? At Lulu Country Club. We were, uh, we were recording some uh, inside golf teed off episodes in front of a live audience. It was a raucous environment. Wow. He, yeah. Harry is one of the legends of uh, Philadelphia broadcasting, and I, I spent many a time yeah, listening. No doubt. To Harry Donahue, one of the greats. And of course, I, I did the Temple him. games with him too for a couple of years, the football you did. games. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. Harry Donahue in the booth. Let's go down to the sideline and Harry Mays, dueling <laughs> Harry's. Yes. <laughs> uh, Joey B says, Denny Savard spin. Yeah, the Savardian spinorama was that. That looked like old school Denny Savard in that Blackhawk uni. Wow. Remember him? What a call by Joey B. Yeah. Jeez. Um, Fantastic goal. Yeah, what next? Really... A Stan Makita reference? Wow, that would be great. <laughs> or an Espo, a Tony Esposito reference. Oh, Harry. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What what a goal. They're the Flyers right now have won six straight. They've got power play goals in six straight games. They're a fucking wagon right now, Harry. Wow. Yeah.
Yeah, and it, it figures it, it, that the fact that they're a wagon, our guy Colin Thompson is actually listening live to the broadcast. He is like the biggest Flyers fan He's a on honk. the face of the earth. Yeah, he really is. I you know, professional football player, all this great athlete. He loves hockey. Yeah. I, at one point, I suggested the Flyers should sign Colin and put him on the power play net front <laughs> oh, or yeah. in the bumper, Harry, as you like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Colin was texting me earlier and, he, and he's dead right. He says, that, you know, they got to sign Tippett and they do. And the price is only going up. Mm. My buddy Raider Frank, I, I always text him a heads up when we're going to do the pod. So I texted him at 1240. I go, ah, geez, pod at 1 p.m. today. He goes, thanks for the heads up. Tell her it's a hockey-only show. Oh. He's got to be on board with that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> look, look, Raider, Frank, uh, it's January. Let's just calm down, okay? That's why I tell these Sixer fans when they, you know, they beat the Denver Nuggets the other night. You know, it was uh, Jokic against Embiid, and everybody's getting excited. I'm like, that's yeah, a great win. It's a Tuesday night in January. Everybody just calm down. <laughs> Okay, just calm Collins, down. Collins said I'd be dropping the mitts. <laughs> yeah, imagine, <laughs> imagine cross checking him in the back. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm stupid, but I'm not dumb. Right. <laughs> uh, just unbel- it, it Like that place right now, like we saw it with the Sixers, where the Wells Fargo Center kind of became the place to be. Right. Yeah. It was the it place to be. It's becoming that for the Flyers again, too. It is. There's a there, Harry. There's a vibe in the building again. It's alive. Wow. Flyers fans are being healed from hmm. four years of misery. Well, now, do you think they're being um, sort of set up to be let down? Well, it's funny that you say that because I Flyers Daily goes on YouTube now, so people can comment there. And it's, there's video of me doing the podcast. Why I don't know, but there is. And some guy goes, "This team is really fun again, and you know they're winning and." The playing hard is this when they start losing. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Now we'll start losing. That's a great response. Yeah. Because so we're not silly. even at the all-star break yet. No, that's coming up in uh, about a week and a half. Yeah. So when's yeah. the trade deadline? Uh in Mar- we're still about 45, 48 days. Oh, okay. Trade deadline. Yeah. Okay. I think it, and I you think don't really anticipate them doing much, right? Not adding. Yeah. Got to subtract because you got uh, Drysdale and now you have too many blue liners. So hmm. got to subtract somebody, probably Sean Walker. Maybe maybe you can parlay that into a first round pick. Uh, here we go, Justin. January is prime hockey season, Harry. Come on, Bo. You don't want to make a trip, take a trip to the peg. They're just there. I- I'm living in the peg right now. What are you talking about, Justin? Uh, we are living in Winnipeg right here in Wayne. Trust me, you are not living in oh, Winnipeg. So they were terrible. there last Saturday night, Saturday, yeah. and um, they beat Winnipeg, who's the best team in the league, by the way. They beat uh-huh. them 2 nothing, and the Flyers were on a back-to-back. Winnipeg oh, wow. was not on a back-to-back. Now, was the goalie, What did they use different goalies from night to night, or was it the same? It was Erson, the, the backup. Uh, the backup. And got his third goose egg of the year, Har. He played last night, too. So they're kind of alternating right now because they're both playing really well. But – so I had to tape torts for hockey and hounds on Sunday mm-hmm. when they, they flew from the peg to St. Louis and it was subarctic in, in, in the peg. And we got done taping the hockey and hounds interview. And I'm talking to torts like on this, like on Streamyard, not recording. And he's like, I am never going back to Winnipeg. <laughs> he said it was so cold. He goes, the next time we go, I'm getting suspended. <laughs> Oh, wow. I go, what are you going to do to get suspended? He goes, I'll figure that out. 
<laughs> but I am. He said, "I am not going back to Winnipeg." <laughs> See, told you, it's all about the peg. Yes. Uh, so it's been it's been unbelievable. It's been fun. Thank God because I couldn't have gone through another season like you know, oh. the last few. I mean, just you do. I, I do this daily podcast, and I'm going, "Oh my God." Yeah, this is just miserable. Everybody is miserable and angry, no hope. But that's changed a, a ton for this team. So that's it's been great to see. That's and good. Players like Pippen are a big part of it in the goaltending, and I think Torts has been a huge. I love huge the coach. Player. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know it or follow it the way you guys do, and you know, but it just seems like he is getting so much more out of this roster than really we deserve. Yeah, and I think a big part of it too is is pushing guys to go beyond where they thought they were. You know, mm. to play. It, it's not because it, it's because of he's pushing them, but it's also because guys are realizing talent mm-hmm. and developing. And when that happens, and everybody gets better by proxy, the team gets better. And then you get a guy like Couturier back, who's you know basically been the same Sean Couturier he was pre missing twenty one months of hockey. Yeah. It's north of 32, mind you, which is crazy. So, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank God. I was um, thinking of, of Torts the other day. I don't know if you saw this video. I don't have it. But uh, Todd Bowles, of course, the head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that we have to talk about them disposing of the Eagles here in a bit. But he was being interviewed like a day or two later by Tampa Media. I think it was like Monday or, or – no, the game was Monday. So this must have been on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, about the upcoming game against the Detroit Lions. And this reporter, I don't know who the reporter was. I don't know if they were a sports person or if they were just a general like reporter sent there to cover the press conference. And typically, if that happens, if they're not a sports reporter, they don't really ask any questions. They just grab the audio and go, right? Yeah. And they pull up the, the video and use it for the, you know, the 5 p.m. newscast or whatever. But they don't ask any questions. This reporter assumed the the weather change, like asked about, you know, playing in the cold temperatures of Detroit. And Bowles is like looking out there. He goes, uh, they they play indoors. <laughs> and they and basically they have played indoors since like the late 70s. Pontiac with the, with the Silver Dome in Pontiac, yeah. Michigan, yep. where they held the 1981, I believe it was, Super Bowl, which was a gift to Detroit after they built the dome. So the late seventies was, you know, the start of the, of them playing indoors. And he was so nice to this part. Like he didn't torch the person. He didn't make him feel like a total idiot. If that was Tortorella and somebody asked a dumb question like that, what, he, yeah. what would his reaction have been? Yeah. He, he's got no patience for it. When right. you get him, he's interesting because he's either all the way over here. Or he's all the way over there. Like if it's after a game, and you ask questions. If you ask a question about the other team leading into a game, he's going to eviscerate. I don't talk. I want to talk about my team. Okay. And if you ask a dumb, like Carcitti, when he was on the beat, would ask him about, you know, naming a captain all mm-hmm. the time. And Torts was like, Jesus Christ, Sam, I am not going to talk about this. He would be just <laughs> apoplectic. I love that word. But when you get him in the right spot and the, the line of questioning go, he will give you a ton we oh, see yeah. all the highlights of him going with Brooksy, you know, going back and forth in different uh-huh. reporters. And that was in New York. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and he obviously he crushed Sam Filippo the other day mm. after the, the Kevin Hayes thing with uh, Cutter Gauthier. Oh, yeah. And he, is, he goes, is that that silly little podcast? 
<laughs> yeah. And he goes, I call bullshit on your report. You'll say you have sore. It was, it was hilarious. Really? Yeah. He doesn't care. You know, he just, it's unbelievable. But let, let's talk about that football team, Harry, oh, because God. what Torch is doing with the Flyers is not what Nick Sirianni got done with the Eagles. And they flamed out in historic fashion. Yeah. I mean, embarrassing. 32 to nine. They didn't convert any third downs in the game. And you knew that they were dead when they scored the touchdown and they're going to kick, they kick the extra point. There's a penalty on Tampa, which moves the ball half the distance to the goal from like the two to the one. And you knew he couldn't resist doing a tush push to get, you know, the two point conversion and they didn't make it. Yeah. You knew that we were dead. And then they come out in the second half with their first two possessions if it weren't for a Tampa Bay pass interference penalty, they were three and outs. Oh my! I God. mean, think about half time. We talk about halftime adjustments, adjustments yeah. and all this thing. And, you know, here you go. You're getting the ball second half. Uh, the game's like, what, 17 to 9, 16 to 9 or something. We're in the game, okay? And their first possession is a three and out. Second possession, pass interference, which gave them life on a third down. And they were off the field two, three plays later. And they were dead. They had nothing. Yeah, that is, I mean, I, I know Lurie was meeting with Sirianni today. And when Doug yeah. was fired, he was, wasn't was fired immediately. Correct. He was fired after his meeting with the owner because the owner was not satisfied. Right. With they had his, talked about adjusting the staff. Yeah, the coordinator. And, and Doug pushed back on that, apparently. And Lurie didn't like that. And a day or two later, he's fired. Yeah, he was gone. I mean, this is the guy that won the first Super Bowl for the franchise. Yeah. Right. I mean, in incredible fashion without a starting quarterback and everything right. that went with it, the underdog thing. Yeah. Total and, mess at the number one position on the, on the team too, you know? Yeah. Which didn't do Doug any favors, but yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and how many years beyond, how many years removed from the Super Bowl was that one or two seasons, two seasons, two seasons. Yeah. So, remember the yeah. next year, Harry, didn't they have the, the miscatch against the saints that could have got them to an NFC cha- championship? I don't remember. It was uh, Alshon Jeffrey didn't catch that one ball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, and and Sirianni, I mean, I guess he just lost his team. Can you explain it any other way? I I can't. I mean, you know, San Francisco came in. We, we had been saying each and every week on this very podcast after they'd win uh, that that hey man, they didn't play their best football. Hey, they still haven't played their best football. You know, they only, you know, they haven't given you four good quarters. It's been one good half, one not so good half, but they're finding ways to win games. And, you know, we attributed that to being a good team. Like good teams, good teams find, find ways, ways to win, yeah. typically when they're not playing their best. But that went on week after week after week. And then they lost to the Jets of all teams. And you're like, yeah. hmm, well, maybe that was just a hiccup, right? Then the meat of the schedule comes in. They find ways to beat Kansas City and Buffalo. San Francisco came in here and took their soul. Yeah. And ever, ever since then, they were just cooked. And they brought it back to San Francisco so they could not find their soul. Right, right. Yeah, they <laughs> took it with them to the Bay Area. Yeah, and flushed it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. And, I, I mean, I I have a feeling Sirianni will be back. Yeah, I, I do too now. I, I mean, I thought initially that, you know, Lurie, Lurie typically – is a, he thinks of himself as a guy that's sort of ahead of the curve. You know, he wants to sort of be proactive in things. But when you look at where he fired coaches, like they had already, the season before, 
gave you a lot of indications that things weren't quite right. And then the next season, they totally fell apart. And then he fired them. And yeah. I'm thinking, like, maybe he's learned from that and is like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for this to be a 5-12 and 12 year next year. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nip it now. I'm going to make a change now. And that's what kind of made me think of that, especially with who was out there and who is still out there to be hired. I yeah. mean, there's some of the biggest names in the sport. Jim Harbaugh, you know, is still out there. Belichick is still out there. You know, Vrabel is a pretty solid coach. He'd be a guy that would come in here and really, you know, yeah, put the foundation back. I mean, he's one of those kind of guys. But I, I don't now I don't think he's going to fire him. I think it's going to be a wholesale thing. You know, we're fixing the coordinator positions and the coach, you know, the position coaches. We're going to get this right. But I think Sirianni will survive. I think a big element of this that should be considered is the Jalen Hurts factor. Yeah. Can you allow I mean, with what you've committed to him mm -hmm. at this point, and you know the the performances this year, they were nothing like last year, Harry. And can you afford to have another season of you know subpar or regressive play for the quarterback and yeah. bringing the coach back? Is, I mean, those two did, do not seem like they were on the same page. Hertz did not give him a glowing, you know, reply about his job security after the loss against Tampa. I don't think he glows about anything, to be honest. No, with you. I agree. Think that's but... just his personality, which some people have a hard time with. Not me, but but you, you mentioned him. Yeah, he did so quote unquote regress. But I think he's been hurt most of yep. the season to be, and to be fair too. Yeah. and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of cleanup in that knee that takes place here before too long I don't think he was right because a big component of what he brought to the table was his legs and I, yeah. I'm not just talking the tush push I mean he'd he'd make plays out of the pocket um with his legs and he wasn't doing that and I yeah. think the reason is because his knee is not right yeah so. if it's not strong enough he's not going to be able to get the right amount on the throws and yeah. not have the confidence in it as they well. became so predictable on offense though my god that's yeah that's yeah. the biggest problem like every like from christian mccaffrey going way back saying we knew exactly what they were going to run mm -hmm. i mean predictability for a defense is like heaven yeah you know what they're going to do you can just load up and stop it and then you heard the, you know the bosa comments after the game which we talked about at yep. the time even though he didn't make any big plays elaine johnson really kept him in check but he said, you know, we're, I think we put out the blueprint. And now you start looking back on what happened after that game. Maybe there was some truth to that. Yeah, there absolutely was. And, you know, all the warning signs were there for us. But like you said, you got to give the team the benefit of the doubt when they went to the Super Bowl. And they were there, there's no such thing as, you know, a bad win in the NFL mm -hmm. because there's just not enough games to have that. Right. But um, I, I think it's going to be really there's no chance they hire Belichick because Howie's not going to put himself back in the jockstrap closet again. Like, yeah. like it would happen with Chip. Yeah. No, so. you're right. But it would be interesting, though, because what side of the ball needs the most work? The Both. Defense. Well, the defense. <laughs> yeah. And he, you could trust him to come in here and fix this defense. At least yeah. I would. Uh, and if he gets the right you know, quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator, uh, that would be an interesting, an interesting pair. But I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I, I don't think Lurie goes for guys like that. Like yeah. Colin says, the last five coaches that uh, Lurie have hired have all been first-time NFL head coaches. Mm. Going back to Ray Rhodes, yeah, then then Andy, obviously, Chip, Doug, and uh, Nick Sirianni. Mm. So, uh, and, and Harry Donahue brings up a great point. Is what coach in, in the sports has more control over a game's outcome? Football, baseball, hoops, or hockey? I would say it's football because they're the play caller. Yeah, I think it's football. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
I, I think in those other sports, like you got like in hoops, you got to know when to call the timeout, strategic situations. Give me an like out of bounds play every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. but but in those flow sports like that, you, you let them play. And baseball, it's, I think there's a lot in baseball too because you know no one when to get a certain pitcher in, double switch, all that stuff. Yeah, there's a big element of that. Um, do we see? Have we seen the last now of Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham? Uh, I think Jason Kelsey. I think the other two. The other two are signed for next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, both around the same cap number. I think it's like twelve to fourteen million dollars a piece, which isn't terrible. Um, and I think Brandon Graham wants to come back. He wants to sort of make it a swan song year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are back. Okay. Yeah, but Kelsey, that, I think, is gone. Yeah, he hasn't announced it yet. Yeah. And there were some reports that he was going to, but. I, I think it is done for him, and um, I've determined that he is not allowed to leave the city of Philadelphia as a resident, well, whether he retires or not. Oh, he yeah. needs to remain here. He okay. is now a lifetime Philadelphian. Yeah, he is he, not from Cincinnati anymore. He could end up being, uh, you know, part of a radio show at some point on a certain sports network, which wouldn't shock me. Yeah, as like a part-time contributor, maybe a two, three-day-a-week deal on Pat McAfee, Harry. No, no. I'm talking here in Philadelphia. Oh, here in Philadelphia. Well, that yeah. already filled the void as uh, uh, at, at Ruin Tomorrow uh, points out. Joe Rufino says, flat brim Brett comes back. Philly Radio takes another step back. Wow. So, Brett, of course, is Brett Eskin, um, which Spike Eskin, um, obviously the son of Howard Eskin. He has now filled the Johnny Marks chair at WIP. She, yeah, I found that pretty interesting. That. that was shocking because last I knew he was running the show for uh, Odyssey up in New York, right? Yes, he was. He was Harry, I will equate it this way. He was at the top of the sports radio programming mountain. Hmm. He, he was running all operations programming for WFAN. Mm-hmm. And he was running the CBS, well, not CBS, but the, the sports network, the national network. Okay. I guess it is CBS Sports. Yeah, Network. it's CBS Sports Radio or whatever. Yeah, where where's our buddy Zach Gelb works, Temple product. Mm. And Mark's worked there too until last week. Yeah, he got zipped from there. Yeah, for comments made uh, about the employer. Awesome uh, broad podcast. I think. Yeah, he didn't say anything that was a lie either. Um, he just spoke the truth. But they fill that seat, so it's going to be Spike, Ike, mm-hmm. and I guess Jack Fritz is kind of like a contributing producer. Um, his role gets upped a little bit, but uh, what do you think of the decision to add Brett Eskin, Spike Eskin to the chair? Well, I, I've said this for many years. You could put basically anybody on in a day part on WIP and they're going to get ratings mm-hmm. just because it's WIP. It's sort of like Channel 6 News, you know, Six, in this yeah. in this town. So uh, I was surprised by it because I'm thinking like, like you, you know, you're at that position and you want to come Coming back to Philly was obviously a big thing for him. I mean, he's not a New York guy. He's a Philly guy. Um, You know, like you said, he loves the Sixers. You know, this is, you know, probably had to take, I mean, what what kind of a pay cut do you think that had to, had to be? Well, one of the reasons Mark's left is because it wasn't going to be earth shattering dough. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's getting paid based on New York market. So you're making a lot of dough Mm -hmm. (laughs) up there. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, I I think there's definitely some step down there. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, hey, if you're, if he didn't like it, you know, if you're just like miserable or not happy with what you're doing, even though you're making that money and you see an opportunity where you could get back to your hometown and actually talk sports, um, which he obviously loves to do, um, he's a big sports fan, 
you know, why not? Yeah, uh, I was I was shocked by it um, because, I, again, I know he had management operation aspirations and, and got to the top of the mountain and, and was didn't have the job for very long up in New York, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I was look and I've known Brett for a long time. I worked with him at YSP starting in 1999. Mm-hmm. He and I were on the air staff uh, at, at the rock station, Harry. Mm-hmm. And so I've known him a very long time. We've been friends a very long time, but I never thought Spike's biggest strength was being on the air mm. you know well, I, I i i don't think that he's incredibly dynamic as an on-air personality mm. he obviously knows a lot about the industry and how it works how it's rated and all that stuff so i was and i was wondering how that dynamic would be um as him i guess in the one chair kind of directing the show mm. you know the structure of the show like john marks right. you know got him in and out of breaks in and out of calls you know, he has to have the timing of the show and the rhythm of it in mind. And I just, I don't know that. Well, so you don't think that's going to be uh, Fritz's role where he just sort of sets him I, up and then let those two guys. Maybe, but uh, I mean, Fritz is also pretty young in the industry. I think he's, you know, I think he needs more experience in that, but I don't know. But, but to your point, you know, they're going to get ratings for, of yeah. course. And, and because the fanatic, refuses to try and get ratings well that's the other thing that struck me about this they fixed their hole if you will all within, of them. all within, three shows but they did it within 30 days for this one okay yeah. they, like, this was this was basically done okay and yeah. and you know just waiting to announce it maybe at the right time whatever it is when you look at the other place they're still with holes and lost Gar- when when did gargano get get whacked in october yeah i think it was I mean, think about that. We're yeah. almost like three months. Beginning of October, it was. Yeah. Just a couple of weeks into the Eagle season. Yeah. And nothing's and, happening. No. And Andrew's still doing the show, but it, it, is it the Andrew Salchuna show? And maybe it ends up being his show. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, are they a finished product? Shit or get off the pot. I mean, do yeah. something here. And, I mean, in the station, it's getting bludgeoned. It's like you look at it and you go, WIP had to turn over the morning show that was there for 30 plus years. Yep. Morning right. midday shows overturned and midday because yep. the midday show went to the morning show. So they had Bingo. to fill that hole. Boom. They do it. With and, Hugh now and Julio. Mark's leaving, you know, created another hole and they fixed that within, you know, three, four weeks. Yeah. It's, it's telling. Yeah. And it, and it makes you go, okay, I don't wonder why one station's beating the other at this point. It's it. I, I was shocked by the hire. I'm stunned by it. And, um, well, best of luck to, to Spike, and I guess good to have him back. And I know he does the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, which mm-hmm. is a monster. He created some, you know, with that, with the processors and all that thing. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have a huge audience. So, um, very stunning to see that for sure. So, um, what else do you want to get to here on this episode? Do we have a ton? Do we have a ton to get to today, really? Uh, oh, uh, I got a something for you. Oh, geez. So, yeah, it was an odd, geez, and I was saying it. Oh, you were in the hospital this week. That's yeah, what I wasn't, but no, I but was, you were there. Yeah, I was yeah. I was riding co-pilot. I was riding shotgun, Harry. So I guess it was Monday, Monday evening at like, or maybe it was even Sunday. I can't remember. I'm dizzy. Well, Monday evening was the Eagles game. Okay, so yeah, so then it was Monday evening. My son comes to me and goes, Dad, my stomach really hurts. Like I'm having like stabbing pains. So I'm like, all right, well, just, you know, I showed him some stretches to do. You know, if he's got like a gas bubble in there or whatever. And he went to bed what? and slept. You got a gas bubble stretch? 
Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, it's like yoga type things. Do you care to demonstrate for the people? I'm interested in this. Nah, I don't have my yoga pants on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and nobody needs yoga, to see you that. You got yoga pants? No. Oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, but so he goes to sleep and he wakes up on Tuesday, and he's just getting sick all day. Mm-hmm. Can't stop. I mean, every what throwing minutes. up all the time, yeah. or yeah. and just awful. Like not cramps, but like a stabbing pain, like just to the right of his belly button. So I take him to the primary or to his pediatrician um, around two o'clock. Appendix. The yeah. And they're like, they gave him a flu test there and they just like kind of checked them out. And they're like, you can just wait a little bit. And if it gets worse, you should go to the ER. So he kind of started feeling better. And texted me and was like, I think he's feeling better. He slept for like two and a half hours and didn't get sick. And then he woke up and started going again. Mm. And, um, and he was in excruciating pain. He's not one to fake it. He's not like that kind of kid. He's a hockey player. Yeah. yeah. And he couldn't stand up straight. So at 11 o'clock at night, I took him to the ER. Ah, fun. And we get there and they're like, you know, it's going to end up being like, we're about six hours out from seeing a doctor at this point. Uh-huh. Um, and so he's like, I don't want to stay. So I went out in the waiting room. I'm like, look, I'm not making this decision for you. You're 17. You're old enough to advocate for yourself and make the decision on what you think. I can't, I don't know what you're feeling right? like in your stomach. I, I don't know. So we sat there for like 15 minutes and he's puking in the fucking waiting room oh. into a bag. Oh, the big. Yeah. So <laughs> eventually he's like, I'm going to stay. So he stays, they give him blood work. They do the cat skin, the dog skin, all that stuff. They think it's his appendix and scan comes back totally clear. All the organs, every gallbladder, you know, all that mm-hmm. shit's working great. And so it wasn't an appendicitis. <clears throat> it was not. And okay. he was so relieved because he thought he was going to have to have certain. It would have been emergency surgery. It done it right away, right away. Yeah, and it's in and out. Boom, boom. Yeah, it's laparoscopic. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. but you know him. He, I mean, he's thinking. I mean, everything they did when they were putting the, is it going to hurt? They're like, uh, we're going to give you some anti-nausea medicine right now. And he's like, is it going to hurt? And it's literally just putting something in the IV. Just he, he's never going through it. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're there all night, and finally, after his second bag of IV and his second shot of morphine, he morphine. started getting like, yeah, that completely give to a seventeen-year-old. Wow! And it, the Did color came back. Any? No, I was, I was dad. Dad was requesting like some morphine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get an IV, please? <laughs> um, and he started like obviously making huge steps to feeling better. He was obviously dehydrated. And they gave him they gave him a shot of Toradol. Oh yeah! And then they're like, "All right, we're gonna start like introducing ice chips." And then that's a serious painkiller too. Well, that's more for like inflammation and stuff. Oh, it is. Yeah, um, I didn't know that, but uh, so they gave him all that, and they're like, "We're gonna start inter- this now." It's five thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. or five o'clock in the morning, and I've been there all night, and I can't sleep. I'm sitting on a chair, yeah. you know, in this fucking ER bay, mm-hmm. and. They're like, well, you know, we'll give them ice chips and then we'll monitor them for an hour or two. I go, no, we're, we're done. <laughs> Start the paperwork. We're out of here. So was the old lady at home? It was just you? So the old lady, when I left, goes, call me and I can take like the second half and relieve you. Oh, like so, a shift. Yeah. I try calling her at 430. Nothing. I got who gots. Finally, she texts me at 530 and goes, oh, my God, I fell asleep and totally. I thought he was still next to me in bed. I totally forgot you guys were there. I go, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> she's like well i can come now i'm like well i've already don't come now 
I've already got the paperwork into for discharge, and that takes uh. like an hour and a half. Then they got the prescription wrong for his medicine. They sent it to North Carolina. They had 20 more minutes to fix that. I get home at 7 a.m. Yeah, it takes forever to get out of there. Oh, you never know. Like, like even when they start the process, you're thinking like, oh, I'm putting my clothes back on, whatever. I'm, you yep. know, they took the IV out of my arm. You still got an hour. Yeah, hurry up and wait. Yeah. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was a long, long night. But next day, he's feeling good. Started eating food again. He's out shoveling snow today to make some dough. Yeah, good. Yeah, unbelievable. Wow. Ugh. Yeah, it was freaky though. Like thinking, like, oh man, what if his appendix burst? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's dangerous. So uh, I'm glad he's okay. But it it was one long ass night. Wow. <laughs> uh, now we got Joey B on a morphine rabbit hole here. Ah, he goes the deep, ah, the movie The Deep with Nick Nolte. I never saw that. Me neither. Wasn't there a, a pretty uh, hot woman in that? Jacqueline Bisset. That's right. That that's the way. I don't know it for Nick Nolte. I know it because of Jacqueline Bisset. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> um, one last thing I want to get to. Did you sent me this? Um, this audio of Chuck from Mount Airy. Now he f bombed jack fritz oh yeah that was the day after the eagles game i think it was a tuesday show yeah and i happened to be listening a little bit in the car i was headed to the dentist and i heard this so apparently the next day um kyle pagan and the guys over at crossing broadcast yeah um got chuck on their show to talk about it right and i want to we'll play this about it yeah, and we'll talk about it. So here, here was Chuck from Mount Airy explaining the situation on Crossing Broadcast. I want everybody to listen. You know, Jack Jack cut me off because I guess me and he know how to shut up and let Chuck from Mount Airy speak. I guess he forgot how to rate the shot sky high in WIP. Not to shoot my own horn, but some great callers that call that station that make their job a hell of a lot easier. Believe that. They have been good to you. Do you feel in hindsight like you should have told Jack to shut the fuck up? They'd be good to me, but I'll also be good to them. Let's not get this misconstrued. Johnny Marks and Ike Reese was successful, and it wasn't successful because of Johnny Marks and Ike Reese. Just wow, part of it. It was successful because of the people that actually call up there and make that show what it is. Oh wow! So you think the callers are are why they're right, dominating right. ninety seven five right now? Ain't no doubt about it. Listen, I think the callers are a very integral part into what they do. Trying to make it seem like you know, wasn't a big part of what the show is, or OG Wade wasn't a big part of what the show is, or Yoshi wasn't a big part of what the show is. Or Matt Mike wasn't a big part of what the show is. I, I've heard enough. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't even make it through uh, a minute and a half of him talking about it. Well, yeah, it's funny because... Does he get bonus, Harry, you think? Well, when I listen to a show, if I if I do listen to a show that has callers, I'll listen to the first 15, 20 minutes, however long the host or hosts go with what they're talking about and they're you know setting the table with their agenda, their opinions. And as soon as they go to the phones, I'm out. Click, gone. Yep. Click. Just like the old PD would say. Click. I mean, why would you go to a caller when you got Brian Westbrook for an hour, five minutes in? That was Mike. Yeah, Mike, Mike couldn't could. resist the phone oh, calls. He could. Because he came from over there. Yeah. And it was a different mentality. It's like a it's like you're a call uh, operator, a phone operator. Yeah. Where the callers own the show. Oh God. <laughs> and it's I a will, crutch. I will tell you that I had having had been in management and was a, a data miner, right? Like I would right. mine the data 
and match it to what was happening on the air to see when people tuned in and tuned out. We had to think right, you could see monitor. when meters would drop off or whatever. Yes. You'd match that up to what they were talking about at that very moment. Like when Ingi would call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Click. You'd, you'd yeah. see the meters go away. They would just disappear. In other words, listeners going, I don't need to hear this dipshit. <laughs> right? And I guarantee that if I found Chuck from Mount Airy's phone calls, for the most part, it would be, erosion of audience yeah the, look callers are a part of it no yeah. doubt about it there's by play that happens and but these callers like these regulars that call every show and multiple times a week mm -hmm. it's you are not the show to, to right. minimize john and ike on that show and say that you and the it's only successful because of the callers. That is yeah, yeah, yeah. utter bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Total bullshit. I thought that was funny. Unbelievable. But it is, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, from experience, it is nice. And, you know, I'm sure it's a lot more prevalent over there than it was at our place, where you'll just see, you know, five minutes into your show, you got eight lines lit. Yeah, the and board is just as up. soon as you take a guy and he hang up on him, that lat line rings again. It's a it's a comfort zone for yeah. the host to say, hey, you know what? If I get a little if I run out of a little gas here, I can yep. just go to the phones and we'll run the board and then we'll fill it back up again. And it, it, it's it's like a crutch. It is. It, it is. It, it It's like gratification that, you know, you're getting a response. Right. People are so listening you know, and they want to yes. be involved. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And. And it is an absolute safety net because spoken sure. word, you can be sitting like if you're doing a show by yourself, like when you did Maze to Midnight, oh. there's you look at the board and there's no call. My first 25 minutes were all me. Yeah. Like, and then I'm, you know, then you're hoping that you get a couple of calls in the next segment and you start rolling it. And that, that mm -hmm. would happen. But that first 25 minutes, you know, coming out of whatever we had on before, I knew that it was all me. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to have some things. Yeah, you're coming out of a Sixers game when they were tanking, Harry. Right, right. <laughs> there was yeah. zero listeners to the exactly. station at that time. Yeah. And, yeah, and, you, and you're looking at it, you're going, Jesus, am I sick? And, and there's, like, tricks you can do. Like, mm -hmm. I remember when I was at WIP, like, in the era of Allen Iverson, if you wanted to, to make the phone ring, you just mentioned Iverson. Mm -hmm. Boom, lights are right up there. It right. was like a Christmas tree. Right. There were certain topics. And, like, Steve-O, even back in the day, had, like, the trick, like, for to get people to call – you know, all the hall, all the callers hung up during the break. Right. No, they didn't. They weren't there. That's a right. Right. that makes people think if I call now, I get on and I don't have to right. wait. Right. <laughs> you know? All the callers hung up during the break, Michael. Oh. And Mike would be like, No, they didn't. <laughs> there were none there, Steve. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when Bruno, we were at the kitchen bar, I'll never forget it. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pointing to the phone. They're like, there's nobody there. Like yeah. we, we were like 10 minutes into the show. Like, yeah. and he had already he read, shot. he read the show sheet and he had nothing. Right. Yeah. So he wants to go to the phones and I'm yeah. like, I'm pointing like, there's nothing here. There's no, <laughs> nobody on like, the phone. Then he'd, you know, he'd vamp for a little while and then he'd go, let's go to the phones. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I he, he goes, said, we no don't call Sari. Let's go back to the phones. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh God. I'll never forget it. So insane. Now th there are like some regular callers that you can get entertainment if they that don't, are good. If you know how to use them. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't stay to, you know, they don't call so often that they right. show up and you can get a lot from them. And let me give you an example, Harry, because when you and I were doing the midday program, mm. we had this call from a regular caller. That was uh, turned into a legendary moment, totally unscripted. 
Steve? No, I'm sorry. I was talking to my guy. Go ahead, Ryan. He's got people there. Vern, did you try to climb one of those Crisco'd up greased poles? I was at the top when they called my name. I said, I'm burning from Boomer. Don't forget it. Because if you do, you ain't allowed in the street no more. I'm burning from Boomer. Right. <laughs> I said, if you forget it, you ain't allowed at my street. I said, Who is it? Who is this? Burning from Boomer. You know who I am? Yeah. You're, you're Bernie from Broomall. Who? You're Bernie? Huh? Are you Bernie? I thought for you get on the phone because I hardly hear you anymore. People call me, when are you going to get on the phone? I says, every time they push my button, I'm on. I said, I love it. I don't get enough of it. Are you still here? Yeah, I'm here. What? I'm still here. So I'm good, buddy. Huh? Oh, all right, Bert. all right, Bernie. Bert. Thanks for checking in, man. It was an epic call. Hey, Bert. I listen, listen. I look. I listen every day. I can't get to. <laughs> right. You get the idea. I'm dying. Yeah, I know. That's great. Oh my god, you and I were sitting there. We're just like, <laughs> holy cow! He yeah. is talking to himself. <laughs> Unbelievable. What? Uh, <laughs> you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> And then he says, <laughs> he used to always say that. Oh. oh, my goodness. So funny. But, oh, man. All right. Let's uh, let's put a bow on it uh, right there. Yeah, Joe Rapido right. goes third times and it still kills. That yep. is one of the points. I got a text from DeCamera last week asking me to send him the Chinese call that I made as him. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. He, wa he wants to use that on his show? I don't know if he wants to use it. I, he can. I don't care. But um, You don't care? No, he could use it. Yeah, yeah, I think a whole new audience needs to hear that fine phone call of me. Yeah, but Chinese. you aren't going to get any credit for it. He'll give me credit. No, he won't. You don't think? You don't, th you don't think the deep he's, he's going to be like guy? one of the, he's going to be like one of those uh, rappers back in the day that would sample songs and not give credit before they'd get you know they get in trouble. This is not me, <laughs> but a very important distinction is someone impersonating me. We'll rock your calls. <laughs> oh, God. Indeed. All right. That's episode 85 of the Odd G's podcast. We'll be back next week. Who knows what the hell we'll be talking about then. But everybody, enjoy the snow. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week on the Odd G's podcast. Cheers. Once was a sweet